Hello, and welcome to the Blossom Your Awesome podcast, episode number 33 today on the show, Billy Mandarino. Billy is the founder of the Nowist Principle and the author of the book, The Nowist. He is a teacher, speaker, trainer, musician, and he is joining us today, sharing his wisdom and insights on living more powerfully and more dynamically, how to show up for others, how to be in service, and how to live our most awesome lives. I am so excited, honored, and delighted to have Billy here with us, sharing his love and light. Billy, thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sue. Um, Blossom, you're awesome. I love the title of your podcast and your show. Oh, thank you so much. I love it. It's just such a great affirmation when people tell me that. So thank you so much. And (laughs) that's exactly why we're here. We're going to help people blossom their awesome with your insights and wisdom. So let's get right into it. Give us a little bit of your background and how you got into this line of work. Wow, you're right. It's um, I don't know. It's, I don't call it work. I feel like it's service. I mean, I think we're all here on this planet to be of service to other. And I was talking to my wife the other day. You know, I'm also a realtor, property manager. Um, I'm a speaker. I do a lot of good things. Artist, uh, teacher. I do all kinds of things. But all of it, I found I've done with with love. I found that it's that service is truly the greatest work you can do. And when I uh, was inspired, I was a calling actually, or the, specifically to the Nowist teaching, the book that was that was uh, you know downloaded, if you will, through me that came through me. That came to me in 2017. The book was published in 2018, and it was all about uh, a calling. I could not not answer it. It was something. It was so overwhelming. I've always been to a, a spiritual seeker. I've always had spiritual hunger. I've never really felt satiated. I've, I've studied all kinds of different religions and spiritual practices. And, and eventually it seems like this book, The Nowist, was a spiritual sponge that was being wrung out. And, and it was my spiritual memoir, how I found the present moment, how the present moment became the most important thing in my life. And I think it's one of the most important things in all our lives. What's your relationship to the present moment? How do you use that in your daily life? And how often do you find yourself in stress and overwhelm and anxiety and out of time um, it's mostly, you know, we're focused on time and we're caught up in the competing with the Joneses and getting our bills paid and uh, relationship issues, jobs. Uh, there's so much going on and physical time. And this nowest, this word came to me. It didn't exist. It was something that, you know, I'm being an artist and being a creative. I think we are all artists, but for me, uh, musically, you know, being a singer songwriter and being in multiple different bands and currently in another band called In the Present Tense. And we, create higher conscious music, but learning that the present moment was the way through all of my problems and all of the strifes and the overwhelming struggles of, of this world. And I don't know about you, Sue, but the last couple of years, we've all been tested with focusing on the past, worrying about the future. So I find the present moment to be paramount in all of our lives. And that's the real service that I provide. And it's the real work, if you will, that I do through everything that I do, emotionally, socially, spiritually, financially, familially, societally, It's all about teaching people to live in the present moment. Mm, I love that. Now, so how do you do do that for yourself? Like, what is your routine? What do you do to kind of stay grounded and keep present? Well, okay. I've got a quick story for you. Have you got a minute? 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm about 35 minutes. No, so I want to share this story because it's very fresh in my in my consciousness because it was just this time uh, one year ago, almost identical to this time one year ago. I was in the hospital and I was learning to walk again last New Year's Eve, a year from this New Year's Eve. My wife's birthday is New Year's Eve. So it was her as a big number. We were celebrating it and we couldn't celebrate here in Santa Barbara because everybody was locked down. As you remember, a year ago it was pretty much locked down. There was no gatherings in person. So I said, okay, let's go to Miami. So flew her to Miami, surprised her. There's this great party on the beach. I figured we'd just stay socially distanced and I could celebrate her. And some of my friends were there and last literally like four hours before the party was going off on the beach, they said, oh, we got to move it inside. And everybody, you know, thought, oh no, inside, we're, we're not going to do this. But it was this huge ballroom, 20 feet apart with everybody, no dance floor. I think, okay, we'll be safe. We'll keep our masks on. So we had this great New Year's Eve slash birthday party for my wife. And then we flew home like January, I think fourth. And this is last year. And I haven't had a flu or a cold or any sickness for years, for over a decade. I, I don't get sick. I'm extremely healthy. My wife, extremely healthy. And we have a 15 year old daughter. And on the fourth, we both came down with COVID and my COVID was a killer, brutal for me and for my physiology and for the part of me that was fighting it physically. My wife got over it in a day and a half, my daughter, the same thing, but I was in bed for 10 days straight. Every night, my fever would spike to 102 and I had the worst bout of COVID and I just had to fight it off. And eventually after 10 days, I healed and I quarantined for the, the 12 days, I think it was. And the next morning after I felt great, after 12 days of quarantine, I said, I'm going outside, I'm tired of being in the house. So I went golfing. I love the golf. Had my 25 pound, you know, pack of golf clubs on my back, played about 10 holes, played great, came home, you know, had dinner with my wife and daughter, fell asleep. Next morning I woke up and I was numb head to foot. I couldn't feel anything. And long story short, turns out that out of 460,000 people in Santa Barbara County, I was the only one to contract what's called Guillain-Barre syndrome or GBS from COVID. And it's a super rare, freaky illness that it's just usually one or two people in a million get it, you know, pre-COVID times. But I got this crazy paralyzing, paralyzing uh, illness. And so this time last year, I was in a hospital in a bed for seven days, couldn't move. I'm claustrophobic. I don't know why. And I, I teach people how to deal with their fears and I dealt with my fears, but I, I had to deal with this fear head on because they put me in an MRI tube for four and a half hours. And oh it seems egregious and crazy, but they didn't know what was wrong with me. They didn't find out I had Guillain-Barre syndrome until after four and a half hours MRI tube and a spinal tap to determine that my own immune system was eating itself. It was eating the myelin sheath around your nerves. It was eating mine, so it paralyzed me. And so I spent 21 nights in the hospital. I was in rehab for 14 of those days, learning how to walk again. This time last year, I didn't get out of the hospital. I got out of there with a cane and a walker uh, February 16th last year. So for me, what helped me through it, other than the amazing world-class doctors here at Cottage Hospital, the 50% that was them, the other 50% was what I've learned, I've studied, I teach in my book, I have a live seminar coming up May 13th and 14th here in Santa Barbara called the Nowest Experience Live, where I teach you what it is in me and how it is that I use my spiritual practice, my conscious, powerful ability to connect to the quantum world and to get out of this physical time that was bound in a bed. 
I just, I use my imagination, which is one of the greatest gifts. I use the nowest meditation, which I, which I teach. Um, I just had this ability and this subconscious programming of living this way as a nowist for so many years that it literally was the thing that I feel saved me from com- for a complete recovery. I'm in a very small percentile of people. And I'm thankful and grateful for that. I don't take all the credit. I give it up to God. I give it up to source. I give it up to the people that prayed for me and the doctors, of course. But there was a, a miraculous recovery in my Guillain Bray Center because very few people recover 100% with no hangover conditions, a lame limb, neuropathy, uh, droopy face, droopy arm. Just there's so many things that can come from Guillain Bray syndrome um, that last with you forever. And I, I can humbly say that I am 110% better. And that 10% is the experience. I called it my spiritual practice, that a tragedy, that, that trauma that struck my family, my wife and daughter, they were just beside themselves. They couldn't see me for 21 days because there were no visitors. So I really had to go deep into the present moment. And I had to live in that quantum world where all the healing comes, where you learn to, through meditation and through breath work and through imagination, upregulating that epigenetic expression in your body that heals all those cells and heals the myelin around my nerves. It's, it's just, I feel blessed and just grateful. Mm, Wow. Okay. Well, I am so happy and thrilled that you are back. You're like totally back. You're more than back. Right. Oh my God. As I said, 110, I I gained, I gained so much and I wouldn't change it. I, of course, when I say that to my wife and daughter and I, when I'm teaching or coaching or speaking in public about it, I I wouldn't change it. I mean, I would change the the stress and the overwhelm and the, the fear that they experienced. But for me, it was my spiritual practice. It taught me so much about myself, resilience. I feel like God source said, hey, you think you're this spiritual teacher that has this nowist prowess, if you will. I'm going to give you an experience that will prove it to yourself so that you can teach and share it with other people so they can deal with their life's traumas and their overwhelming situations. Mm, I love that. Oh my God, I love that. So this just resonates so powerfully for me because I have this kind of similar um ideology, right? And I really feel called and I believe and as you do, but I can just, I know you're called for huge things. And do you think Billy, like, so you, you're like even stronger now, mentally, physically, spiritually, as a result of that. I I feel like I created this spiritual, you know, you have physical immunity and I consider myself to have a very healthy immune, physical immune system. But what this did is I was able to upregulate spiritual immunity through the Nowist teachings, through living in what I, you know, the quantum world, the fifth dimension. Fourth is fourth dimension is a time, but fifth dimensional, sixth and seventh dimensional living. Where when I'm in that MRI tube, Sue, you know, I couldn't open my eyes. You ever been in an MRI tube? I have, but not for four hours. Oh my God. Four and a half. I call it, you know, I called it my COVID cocoon. Because it was, you know, you look at the monarch butterfly, which is one of my favorite creatures in the whole world. And you think about what they have to do, this, this caterpillar, then they go through this rigor mortis, they go through this, this painful stage. And I felt like that was my iron kind of COVID cocoon. I was in there and I had to be present. I had to be patient. I had to use my imagination to manage the enlightened monarch butterfly, my enlightened self that was coming through this rigor mortis, this pain, this suffering, this strife that was paralysis and being locked in this iron kind of cocoon, if you will, knowing that my imagination was the greatest gift because I allowed myself to hover three miles above the earth. I was just up there in the quantum. I was up there in the ether 
and not and, and being so confined, I had to be someplace else. And when I was up there, I kept seeing myself, my physical self on the planet, but my higher self was seeing my lower self healed. You know, I was seeing myself at the, I, I teach people to think from the end and not about the end. About the end is God. Am I ever going to get out of here? I hope that I can walk again. I hope that someday I'll be able to get back to my normal life with my wife and daughter and teaching and the real estate you know, business that I have and all these other things that I love to do, my musical you know, endeavors with my band. I just kept seeing myself from the end while I was in that iron cocoon. I kept seeing myself. At my live seminar was coming up three months early, you know, after this. I, was, I planned this whole seminar for a year. We had a brand new studio record. We spent a whole year recording that we performed live at this now as experience live that we're doing again this May 13th and 14th here in Santa Barbara. But back then I just kept my imagination focused on the end, not about the end, not hoping someday it would happen. I just lived in it consistently for 21 days. I kept seeing myself there, feeling myself totally back to normal, golfing again, being with my family living my dream, performing live these songs that we had written about the now is teaching. And it was about thinking from the end, not about the end, that it healed me and took me out of the fear. Because the very first day, Sue, I'll be honest with you, I was scared to death. I was paralyzed. I couldn't feel anything. And it wasn't until the doctor came in, these two like knights that walked through the front door, because I spent, you know, it was about 11 o'clock at night. I went in, I spent four and a half hours. I got practically no sleep. The next morning, about 11 o'clock, I remember them coming through my hospital doors, I'm paralyzed in the bed saying, okay, we know what's wrong with you. You have this very rare syndrome called Guillain-Barre syndrome, and we're going to treat it with immunoglobulin G. And I had for, for two days, these eight pints of this white fluid, which was immunoglobulin G, which takes a thousand blood donors to spin out just one pint. I had eight of them, which flooded my immune system with positive immunity, but I was equally flooding my physical body with, with spiritual immunity. And that spiritual immunity that I was able to upregulate, I believe, took me beyond healing into this quantum being and this, this ability to, to deal with trauma and overwhelm and stress. And now I can just teach people through my experience how to over, you know, overcome their traumas and their experiences of their life that are, that are holding them down or they're focused on the past. They live there too much or they live in the, in the future of, of that may not happen. And the present moment is truly where all the growth is. The unknown is where the growth is. Mm, wow. That is amazing. So it's kind of like the now is comes up for you first, and then you have this affirmation by source or the universe to really just embody that and practice it. And, you know, you're a living embodiment of it. I, that's how it feels. I felt like it, it was almost... You know, they say that 96% of everything you do is done with our subconscious mind. I play golf. I hit a golf ball with my subconscious mind. If you bake, you bake a souffle with your subconscious mind. We drive with our subconscious mind. 96% of everything we do in our waking life is done with that. I just feel like I had, and you do that through repetition, right? This German proverb says repetition is the mother of skill. Like the more you do anything, it just becomes part of that 96% of your subconscious programming. So I just feel like I lived and, and taught this for so long that it just became second nature to me. And then the fear, because the world gives us these problems, Sue, and we just, we get shocked, this, this overwhelming feeling. And then we just automatically out of fight or flight, we focus on the problem and we try and narrow our focus so we can solve the problem. But after that initial adrenaline, you know, that cortisol that, that just courses through your body, you have to get present. You have to get aware. Okay, now how do I solve this, this problem? And for me, it was a subconscious programming. My nowest prowess, if you will, just like took over 
And I, I swear to God, I did not have fear or doubt that other, the 20 days following that, I just kept living from that end. And then here's the one thing I did that truly, I think, took me to, and took my healing to a different level. As the nurse, God bless these nurses, these doctors, these physical therapists. I don't know if you remember last year, but it, COVID was pretty rampant this time last year. There were 90 people on these three floors in this COVID war that they had me in at the hospital. 90 was like loaded. Now I think we're down to like 20, but it was bad this time last year. And these nurses would come through with their scrubs on and they would walk into my room, take care of me, take the scrubs off. I mean, they must've took them on and off a hundred times because they would just contaminate a room. They couldn't have anything in there that was contaminated. So they'd come in every time. But I just thought in my, in my mind, in my awareness, how can I heal faster? How can I heal myself? And I thought, I know it's counterintuitive. You have to give away what you want. So I gave away my healing, my, my service. I would just therapize them. I would ask them about their life, their boyfriend, their financial problems, what's going on with their health. Like I would ask how I could serve them. And I gave them spiritual advice or, or life coaching, if you will, to all my physical therapists, occupational speech therapists. I lost the ability to swallow. I mean, so I had so many different therapists and nurses and doctors, and I would all, I would take my energy and engage it in them. And I feel like, you know, I got better because I just had that intention all the way through my recovery. How can I serve them when they're trying to serve me? And that's, that's the counterintuitive nature of all of us. Like we think kind of what's in it for me instead of how can I serve when the reverse of that is the truth. Like mm -hmm. what's in it for you is you get to serve and then your life gets better. Oh, I love that. I really, that's so powerful, Billy. Now tell me, you know, so at what point, so you said you'd always been spiritual, but at what point did you kind of start having some sort of spiritual practice, whether, you know, we're not talking religion here, but just right. Getting into nature or meditating or whatever you're doing. At what point did you really start taking that kind of stuff on? You know, Sue, it all started when I was seven years old because I'm from a beautiful, big Italian family and there's six brothers and sisters. And at seven years old, I had to sit on a stand and look at my mom and her lawyer and my dad and his lawyer and choose which one I was going to live with. And all uh, five of us kids, my little sister was too young. She was two years old. She couldn't do it. But the rest of us had to sit on the stand. Now they wouldn't do it. It considered cruel, unusual punishment and social services would be all over everybody. They wouldn't allow that. But back then I had to look at my parents and it caused so much trauma to me and so much stress because we separated. My mom got three kids. My dad got three kids. And I remember missing my brothers and sisters, missing just like the family unit. And I had to dig deep. I had to find, we, we were at this time, we were Mormon. We were raised Mormon back then. So I believe in spirituality, not religion. I think religion separates people where a spirituality likes to unite people and bring them together and serve from this collective energy that is spirit that we all come to and we all return to and we've come from. And at seven years old, that trauma, I just remember we were still going to church and I just remembered reading and giving my testimony in front of the church with a whole different kind of feeling of help me, like a, almost a prayer of supplication, begging. And then after that, I realized that, you know, it was about my relationship with source, my relationship with God. So from that age, I just had this, unlike all my brothers and sisters, I had this spiritual hunger that started there. And then I just kept developing it. And then I became Catholic eventually and Taoism, Buddhism, Zen. I just, I've studied all of the religions. And now to be a Taoist is not a religion. It's just a practice. And I just believe in the unity and the oneness of it all. 
And all religions point back to the same source, God, the same oneness that we all return to, we come from, that we are ultimately part of that oneness. We all have that spark in us and we have to grow that spark. And that's what I'm about with this practice and teaching is to help people get out of the two-ness of the world. I mean, I've, I read this, I forget the quote, but it says, how could the God of oneness ever recognize two-ness? If God was two, it wouldn't be one. And, and I thought of that when I read that quote, when I was probably in my twenties and I thought, wow, that's powerful. And I knew it was all about oneness and about searching and filling up the spiritual sponge that I am and just taking it in so I can wring it out and serve people in the world with, with the energy that is that source energy that we all come from, that we return to, that we can live in, in the present moment though, is it was where that energy just bounds. It just explodes. When you have the present moment and you get out of this physical time to be a nowist is someone that lives consistently in the present moment. For me, 90% of my day, I live as a nowist, 10%, you know, I have problems that happen, emails, appointments, things I have to do, but I just, I flood myself with so much consciousness and presence in that service, whatever I'm doing with my family, with my wife, with my business, with my teaching, my music, being with our dog pepper. I mean, whatever it is, I'm just aware of that ratio. And when you can invert that, because most people live the opposite of that, Sue, they live 10%. Occasionally they phone it in and they'll, they'll say a meditation or they'll go to church or they'll just breathe. They'll try to get in nature for a little bit and just get out of stress. But then nights on the day they spend focused on the doing and the competing and trying to make it happen and, and live in this, you know, linear time of, of psychological time of past and future. When the reality is the vertical is, is where you need to live. And when you cross past future time, and you go and draw a line between it, and that's called the now, the, straight up to God, straight up to an infinite time, that crossification is the present moment, and it's with you at any moment. You just have to be aware, make it a practice, connect to your breath, your imagination, connect to that energy flow that we all come from, and it can be done. It's just, it's just a matter of consistently, like I was talking about the subconscious part of you, you consistently do this. It becomes a way of life. Then all these things in your life, they start to melt away, and you start to have a bigger light, if you will, a different, a bigger source energy in yourself. And then you just want to give it away. I love, so I love this quote from Hafiz. Hafiz, the great Persian poet. Have you heard of Hafiz before? I have. I have oh my gosh. Yeah. My favorite Hafiz quote is this. He says, just look at the sun. The sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Just look what a love like that does. It lights the whole sky. Mm. That's the light we need to be for the world. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, Billy, I am just so moved by all of your wisdom and insights and it just resonates so powerfully for me. Now give us for someone, uh, you know, hypothetical scenario here, someone who's stuck, uh, struggling, really doesn't see the light. What's something really practical for them to kind of start leaning into this nowist philosophy? Where can they start? That's such a great question, Sue. And I get it a lot. I've been blessed to be on a lot of uh, radio shows, podcasts, and just serving people through this medium, because I think it's very important right now, because so many people listen to podcasts or uh, they're, they're walking, running, working out on their computer, listening to these interviews. So if you're listening to this interview right now, I have, I have a, I think a very powerful tip for you that I just, I used it. Uh, I use it in my life for years, but currently I lived last week. I had, I have a one on, I coach, I do one-on-one coaching. I have this 12 week program called becoming your infinite self that I, I do one-on-one coaching. I have a client right now and this, this wonderful person has a huge heart, 
but lives in the past and worries about the future like like no one I've never I've never ever met before. It's, it's so much stress, and and this person suffers from ADHD and there's some other things going on, some trauma, like we all have. But hers is is pretty acute, and she calls me last week and she's just bawling, and her boyfriend broke up with her and she lost her apartment, and her her dad passed away when she was young and her mom was sick and just everything just came crashing down to her in the moment, and I'm just trying to hold space for her. I'm just there not looking to be clever or have some answer from any teachings. I just wanted to hold space for her. And I just allowed myself to open to the divine great source, to the great wisdom of it all that we all come from. If we can get quiet, they say God's one and only voice is silence. And so I just asked her, say, can you just, just for a minute, just be with me. And, and right now let's just be together. I know she's, she's crying. I said, let's just take a breath and let's breathe together. I slowly breathing down. And I just said, let's just take a moment. And we did. We got there together. I was breathing with her. And I think we created what's called coherence. When you get your mind and your heartbeat to kind of connect to the same rhythm, you create coherence. Then when you have coherence, you create a compassionate, empathetic situation. And that's what we did. Then what came to me, I wasn't looking for an answer. I just allowed. I said, listen, listen to God's one and only voice. Listen to the silence because the answers are there in the silence. And I wasn't asking her to come up with anything, but something came through me. And I said, do you know what you need to do right now? What I feel like you need, what I'm inspired to tell you is you need to find somebody that cannot repay you. And you need to offer some service, some kindness to them. It could be money. It could be time. It could be a phone call. It could be a letter. It could be an email. It could be a text. You have to find out how to get the focus off of you and get into service. Just like I did when I was in that hospital last year, mm-hmm. it, it came through me. I didn't, I learned so much. That's why I call it one of my, it was my spiritual practice because in the trauma, I found a way through, you know, it wasn't about an end or fixing myself. I said, no, I needed to go through this journey and, and she needs to go through this journey. And, she, and I didn't want to give her what needed to be done. I want her just to allow it and to come through her. And it came through me for her in that moment because we were together. I had my hand on her shoulder and she was bawling. And then ultimately we, you know, we left and then that's, it was a simple, that was the simple teaching. She calls me the next day and she, it seemed so simple and so trite, but she was at the grocery store and there was this mother and her little child and they bought a bunch of groceries and her credit card wasn't working. And she was stressed out and my, my client, my friends on the other side of the, of the aisle. And she just like says, Hey, could I buy your groceries for you? She goes, Oh my, and she's crying. No, I can't. So she puts her credit card and she buys it. And the lady just breaks down. The little kid sees this act of random act of kindness. who's like an eight-year-old kid. And you think about how many lives were changed right there. And she calls me and she was not even the same person I was talking to that interrupted the poor me, the focus of everything is wrong. And you're not Pollyanna about it. You don't like just deny your problems, but that's the first step in getting out of trauma and getting out of overwhelm. And some people say, I can't even, I mean, they, you know, when the plane's going down, they say, put the oxygen mask on yourself first, not on the other person, but I can't even do that. Cause I'm so tra- I'm so traumatized, but that simple act of kindness changed her trajectory, her boyfriend. And she patched it up. She literally two days later, she got a place after she got kicked out of her apartment her mom is in, in great health now. She just got over this, you know, it was a COVID scare with strep. It didn't happen. But all from a random act of kindness where you take the focus 
you know, I, I love Wim Hof. Have you ever heard of Wim Hof, Sue? Mm, I know Wim Hof. Yep. The Iceman. He has this great quote. He says, not ego, we go. <laughs> not about ego. It's about we go. We go serve, right? We go. Right. And I, he's so awesome. I love him. If you haven't checked out Wim Hof, go check out Wim Hof, the Iceman. That guy is amazing. He's helping change the world. But that's, I mean, that's a simple thing I think anybody listening to this can do if they're in trauma or they're in overwhelm and, or they're just looking for, they're stagnant and they're in this inert vacuum of nothing's happening in my life. Well, you want to start the law of attraction, go act like that sun I talked about earlier. Just go shine light on people and see what happens to your life. Mm, That was beautiful. Now tell me, Billy. What is it, what does it do for you personally to be in service? What is that doing for your soul and spirit? Oh my gosh, Sue, it's been, um, I've, I've kind of always had that in me. I, I, I don't know, even as a little kid, I've always been, I feel like I know my dharma. I know my purpose. I think I knew it at a young age was, because I'm, I'm a musician, I'm, you know, I'm a professional model for years. I was always, I kind of had a bigger ego when I was younger. Um, blessed with a lot of abundance. Um, and I just, I kind of took it for granted, but I always, I was very compassionate and kind to people, especially the elderly. My grandmother, when my mom and dad got divorced, we lived with my grandma on her ranch and my Nana kind of be, I love my mom, but my Nana became like my mom. Like she was there for me. She was giving me her great wisdom. And she would always say great things like simple thoughts, like ignorance is bliss, you know, or there's a right road is a wrong road. You know, and when you choose one, you get what you get, like simple, like country wisdom, Italian. She's a beautiful Italian grandma. We called her Nana. And she's just, she is my guardian angel. And when you can connect to the simplicity of it, that's, that's when it seems like your life can shift and we get so complex and want to be clever and smart. But for me, it's all been about, yeah, the service minded me. I just, it kind of chose me. I don't, I feel like I didn't choose it. It chose me. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Cause it's just, um, flowing through you, you know, you're a, you're a conduit. Truly. And everybody has that. I mean, to find their purpose. I, I think it's important. Very well. A lot of people, I help people find their purpose. A lot of people are searching for their purpose. They don't feel connected, but in that, in that process of, of finding your purpose, it's pretty much simple. I feel like, you know, people pray you're on your hands and knees, you're it's usually this prayer of begging or supplication where I need this, heal this, do this, connect me to this, make this happen. Instead of opening up, you know, your intuition, which I believe is God, the great source, answering our prayers is our instincts, our intuition, our gut. You know, our gut has 40,000 more neurons in our brain. Like if you could just trust, that's, that's there for a reason, your gut and your heart, you're supposed to connect. Your intuition is the answer. What's that next thing you're supposed to do? What makes me feel good? What am I good at? How do I serve with this gift? And I just, I found mine, I guess, at a younger age. And it's been my great mission. I will do it for my last breath on this physical existence. And and it will always be, you know, my focus. And, and now I do it through, I, of course, the music teaches the, the Nowest Experience Live. This is coming up in May, May 13th and 14th. If you want to get tickets, anybody listen to this, I'm offering a, a great discount right now because it's May 13th and 14th. You go to billymandarino.com and we're giving half of the proceeds of the tickets to a local charity called Unity Shop. And they help um, underprivileged children and families here in the Santa Barbara County area 
um, to deal with the, the strife and, and just the homeless situation that we have going on in, in this area and most areas is pretty dire. So I'm looking to, to support these local charities. It's all about giving. If mm. you, you got to give to live, I always tell people you got to give and if, and in giving of your time, it doesn't always have to be your, your talents and your treasures. It can be, it can be your time. It could be your energy. It could be your prayers. It's, it's your energy, your positive energy, your focused, positive intentions that's really what changes your, 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 your little microcosmic world. Mm. Yeah. And I will have links to all of your stuff and the seminar and all of that for people. And um, now Billy, so, you know, you just said something and I want to just affirm this and make sure I kind of understood this. I'm in alignment with this, but for everyone here um, now, it sounds like you're saying you're connecting the source and finding your purpose. Those are kind of like in alignment. Those are one in the same. A hundred percent. Absolutely. When you get out of your thinking mind, where we're literally, it's just, it's an illusion thoughts right there. And this physical world, this, I mean, Einstein said time is an illusion. It's a man-made concept. So why do we spend so much time in, in this illusion and, and stress for that matter? I, I think of the lovely, incredible Dr. Wayne Dyer. He's all in my book. He is my soul brother. I never met him, but his teachings ring so true to me. And my book is full of his type of teaching and wisdoms that he's taught me. And he said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. That was his quote. It's probably his epitaph on his tombstone. Um, but he was cremated and sent out to, to ocean, to the ocean in Maui, where he loved to swim. But that's those are his famous words. And if you ch- when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. If you can just take the power of your thoughts and focus them like a laser on what it is you're, you want. And he also wrote a book called The Power of Intention, mm-hmm. uh, which talked all about that. But I feel, you know, he he was my soul brother. August 31st, 2015, he passed away. And um, it's interesting because June 8th, 1970, he had was just getting his diploma and uh, becoming a doctor. He was getting his doctorate degree and he was walking across the stage and they were handing him his diploma. At that exact same time, his great teacher, Abraham Maslow, which I know you've heard of, mm-hmm. he was passing away. So Dr. Wayne said it was almost like Abraham Maslow passed this baton on to me and said, okay, I just taught the academic community. Now you teach the cab drivers, the hairdressers, the stay-at-home moms, and you know the construction workers out there. You teach them about self-actualization. And on August 31st, 2015, he passed away. And I feel like he passed the baton on to me. Mm. Mm, I love that. Well, I mean, you are really a light and you have so much wisdom and just your vibration, you know, you're so, uh, let me ask you, like, where does that come from? Like on a deeper level, you know, this vibration, this just being excited about life and inspired all the time. How do we get to that place that you're at? Well, it all starts with the, the present moment. It starts off, it's so simple. It's, and that's my, my Nana. She was, she was one of my greatest teachers, my grandma. She was so simple. And I, and I think as human beings on this planet, I mean, it sounds campy. You've heard a hundred times we're human beings, not human doings. But it needs to be said again, because I think we're so in the doing and the seeking mode that we forget that that present, quiet silence in us is, is God's and spirits and sources voice speaking to our heart and telling us with our intuition what the next thing is and or what our purpose is or what we're supposed to be doing with this precious moment that we have and this generous 
present moment. We just don't give it any credence. We just don't put our energy into it because we're so caught up in this illusion of psychological and linear time where, like I said earlier, the vertical is where you live and the vertical is the present moment here now in this moment. And speaking of my Nana, there's simple things that, that I have gleaned from her wisdom. And one that came through me when I was writing this book, The Nowist, was what is N-O-W spelled backwards, Sue? N-O-W spelled backwards? Yes. One. What is that? Yes. One. When you're in the now, you've won. You've mm. won your presence back. And when you can win your presence back, you start to learn how to live out of physical time, how to live in this present moment, and how to allow your intuition and the powerful human imagination, which is, I think, one of the greatest gifts you've ever been given, how to use that to serve you and serve your purpose and serve other people through that. It just it changes your stars. It changes your point of attraction. And by virtue, the law of identical harvest, as it's called in some teachings, or the law of attraction activates. And then you learn to use your imagination and your present moment awareness, how to bring abundance into your life, emotionally, socially, spiritually, financially, societally. And then just like the Hafiz quote, you just, when you have this abundance, when you have a lot of anything, I don't know about you, but me, when I have a lot of anything, I just want to give it away. I want to serve people. And that's how we get out of this I feel like as a society, after these last two years of COVID and so much fear, I mean, the bigger virus, in my opinion, is the virus of fear, not the actual COVID virus, because I think it's claimed more and had more devastation on the psyche of the world and, and the stress. And speaking of stress, I mean, there's another thing Dr. Wayne taught. He says, there's, there's no such thing as stress. There's only people thinking stressful thoughts. Mm. And we know that's true because Stress is the number one killer. It's number one killer in the world. In the United States, it's heart disease. Cancer is number two. Hospitalization is number three. But heart disease, the number one killer, largely is related to stress. And how does that stress? It's phantom stress. You can't put it in a jar. You can't like put it in a waste paper back and say, hey, this is stress. We're going to analyze this thing that's killing everybody. It's only people thinking a thought. And you can change, as Dr. Wayne taught, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So I want to teach people how to use their imagination to live in the present moment and to learn through the rituals that I teach in this practice, especially at the, the live event. But I also have an online course that just came out January 1st, 2022 called the Nowest Experience Digital Ticket that's on my website, which is, sorry to plug, but billymantorino.com. And you can go and pick it up and watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your computer, but it's the it's last year's Nowest Experience Live. We recorded the whole thing. It's an eight module course. And um, if you go to my site and you pick it up, you'll see at the very top and you type in, in the present tense, it will reduce the price by a hundred dollars. And instead of being 197, it'll be 1111, it'll be 111. Mm, I love that. And I will have uh, links to your site and all of that. And now, you know, Billy, you've, I mean, it's all been just insightful and so amazing and my question for you, it's going to be redundant because you've, you know, like I say, it's just all been so powerful and just so much wisdom that you've shared here with us in closing, what is your one message that you want people to leave everyone with? I think if, if it was for me and I could get on, the, get on a microphone and talk to the, the planet, I would say, take all of your energy Take all of your focus, your time, and just give it away. Find somebody, find to, find someone to serve that cannot even give you a thank you, that cannot repay you, 
The Dalai Lama says, if we could take the last, we could take a generation of kids and into kindergarten and in 10 years, just teach them to meditate on compassion for an hour a day, there'd be no more war. There'd be no hunger. There'd be no strife because there'd be such a, we, we, he's a scientist. Ultimately, he knows that we would reach pi 3.12, a phase transition would take place of compassion of love. We would upregulate the energy field of this planet to such a degree There'd be love and compassion it would be ubiquitous. It would be everywhere. So my message for everyone is you find some way to serve, find some way to just serve somebody through your presence. You don't have to do anything. You can serve yourself. You're serving other people by getting out of stress because stress is the ultimate killer. This virus of fear we just went through for the last two years, hopefully it's waning now where I'm, that's my prayer every morning and every night is to send light around the world. And I teach that in the Nowist meditation, which is a one minute meditation. It's on all of my social media channels. It's on my YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. It's, it's, it's the Nowist. You look up the Nowist, Billy Mandarino, the Nowist, you'll find all of the social media. I have 530 free videos on my YouTube channel that teach so much of what I talked about with you today, Sue. But that's my ultimate message. If you could just, if we could all come from a place of service and love and shining the light that we are. I mean, Jesus said it best. He says, you are the light of the world. He also said, I am the light of the world. But he also said that you are the light of the world. It's both. And people think that they, they don't have this power, but they do. It's the power of their presence that is the brightest light. And when you shine that in service, watch out how the world changes and how your world changes. Oh, I love it. That was so awesome. Billy, you have been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sue. It's my honor. I'm so grateful to be of service to you, to you and your audience. And be, be as Gandhi said, be the change you want to see. That's the bigger message. Is just be that change. Be the change for yourself first, and then go serve from that inspired change in your life. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sue. Peace be with you, my dear. Thank you.